0: ask nt anything podcast Hello and welcome back. It's great to have you with us. I'm Justin Brierley, Head of Theology and Apologetics for Premier Unbelievable, and joined once again by Tom Wright for more of your questions. This week, Catholic listeners have sent in some questions for Tom, including will the elusive dream of Catholic and Anglican unity ever be possible? I'm reconsidering my conversion to Catholicism. Should I take my six-year-old daughter out of the church? So uh, some interesting questions coming up, and Justin Bass joining us for a final time on this week's edition of the show. Thanks to Reverend Rand out in the USA, who says, I love the podcast. I've been trying to navigate my way through following Jesus for many years. And the podcast is a light forward for my faith struggles. Thank you, Bishop, for your thoughtful, reasoned and pastoral answers. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Rev Rand. Don't forget uh, today's show, as ever, brought to you in partnership with SBCK, Tom's UK publisher, and NT Write Online, where you can find his video teaching courses. We do love your feedback as well. So if you can leave a rating and a review for us, it helps other people discover the podcast. And if you register for our newsletter at premierunbelievable.com, you'll get the link to ask Tom a question for yourself, plus all the other great stuff that comes with the newsletter the link is with today's show just a final reminder less than a week till our live online event with tim keller 2 walking with god through cancer takes place on tuesday the 13th of december at 8 p.m uk that's 3 p.m eastern 12 noon pacific it's going to be a great chance to catch up with tim on his journey over the past two years and to ask your questions of him and they could be on on anything really he's a wonderful thinker writer speaker and apologist very influential christian thinker. So do register at unbelievable.live. The link is with today's show. Let's get into some of your questions. Welcome back to the show. And today it's the final of a few episodes in which we've also been joined by Justin Bass, who's a New Testament scholar, to talk through some of the questions that you've sent in. And I thought we could do Catholicism this week. Um, Various Catholics with questions um, that we're going to feature on the show today. Um, Justin, before we get into them, when I picked you up from the airport and we were having a conversation about this ahead of time, you said... Um, I said, what's your view on Catholicism? Obviously, you, you come from a, a Protestant, you know, evangelical tradition. Um, and you said you're a kind of a mere Christianity guy. Do you want to just explain what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I shared a great quote from um, Ross Douthat. I don't know if you ever interacted with him, the the New yep, York I Times heard. writer, strong, strong Christian, Catholic. I uh, like something he said. He said, you know, he said a lot of us talking about him, his experience growing up, you know, they would discover C.S. Lewis and then through Lewis, they would discover Chesterton and then Chesterton would make them Catholic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he said that was his road. And, and and interestingly, I had a very similar road. As I said, I, I discovered N.T. Wright early, but, but C.S. Lewis was one of my definitely uh, mere Christianity was one of the most foundational books for me. And through through reading Lewis, I found Chesterton. Thought Chesterton was even better than Lewis, but he didn't succeed in making me Catholic. Uh, I, I didn't go all the way with uh, with, with Catholicism. Chesterton um, almost thou persuadest me, but not I, not quite. And, and obviously, never quite
0: persuaded you either, Tom. But let's let's go to a few people who were persuaded, um, and but but have some questions um, in you know since then. So this is. Um, from Dan in Oyster Bay, New York, who says, I'm a former Episcopalian, and we could say Church of England on our side of the pond, uh, who converted to Catholicism 11 years ago. Bishop Wright, you spoke at our Catholic seminary on Long Island a few years back, and it was extremely well received. Catholics, our popes included, have always had a soft spot for English Anglican luminaries like you, Archbishop Williams, and of course, St. John Henry Newman. But my question is, what hope do you hold for full communion between Anglicans and Roman Catholics? And what must both sides give and give up to achieve this elusive dream of Christian unity? I'll start with you, Tom.
2: Wow, wow, wow. Uh, One of the things which happened when I was Bishop of Durham was that I got involved in quite a lot of dialogue between Anglicans and Roman Catholics, both with our local Roman Catholic hierarchy in the northeast of England. In fact, the 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 new Roman Catholic bishop of Hexham and Newcastle and I became good friends. We used to play golf together. He's a lovely guy, sadly died young, um, but I saw a lot of of him and his colleagues. But then also on the international stage, I was asked to go and represent um, the Anglican Communion at uh, the Synod of Bishops in Rome in 2008, and several other things which flowed out of that. So I've been involved with this quite a lot, and I'm constantly struck by 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 two things simultaneously. One is that uh, the mere Christianity thing is true; that these are people who believe in the Trinity, in in the resurrection of Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. And and we we link arms on the things that I would say are the things that really matter, but then the other thing is that they have other things which they seem to um, be obliged to believe and some of them believe very passionately for instance about mary um which just make my eyes cross i think how can you believe that mary was um, was was bodily assumed into heaven. That's a a medieval idea, um, various other things, etc. And things like purgatory. And I've had Catholic apologists explain purgatory to me and how actually it goes back to the Bible, etc., which it really, really doesn't. And I think, well, sorry, if it's a package deal and you have to take on all or nothing, then I'm afraid quite a lot of what you've got in that all is is not something that with any honesty I can accept. So that's a problem. Now, I do know that many Roman Catholics, including many Roman Catholic theologians, will say privately that actually the center of it is Jesus and his death and resurrection. And that's what really matters. And that they are prepared to sit loose to other things. But as with any other great movement, there is a spectrum of the hardliners and the people who are prepared to say, well, we'll sit loose to some of that, but they can get in trouble if they say that in public. So. I have said to them again and again to my dear Roman Catholic friends um, that, that, that as I read the New Testament in the letter to the Galatians which I think is the, the, the first letter to be written um, the, the, the doctrine of justification by faith itself is not just something we ought to be able to agree on it is the doctrine which insists that all those who believe in Jesus belong at the same table and it seems to me that sharing communion ought to be the road to greater unity rather than the cherry on the cake which you get when you've done all the other bits of unity. And so that that would be my position. And so when I'm at a conference with Roman Catholics, if they will allow it, I believe in intercommunion as a, a gospel imperative. Of course, sometimes because of whatever the Pope says, whatever that is not allowed. But there are many Roman Catholics I know Including some leading theologians who actually agree with me on this, so that's the line that I would want to push. Mm. Your thoughts on
0: do you, Do you think it will always remain an elusive dream, as this uh, listener puts it, Justin? Uh,
1: on what what you know, aspects of maybe what 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 could be called the non essentials. I think I think so. I don't think there's going to be an agreement on on issues of justification on maybe you know Mary, you know issues around Mary. I think I think these things probably will always be you know, debate you know, debated, at least in the, in the higher structures, uh, but individuals on the ground, I, I, I see the same thing with with some Catholic friends and and, and discussions I've had. I, I think I, what I'd really love to see, and, and bring in the Orthodox as well, I, I would just love to see all the Christian leaders in some way kind of do a mere Christianity, you know, here, here we are coming up to 2,000 years since Christ well, uh, was crucified and risen again, wouldn't it be great if they all just, you know, take the apostles' creed, you know, something that we could all just say, hey, we all agree, because because this is something I, I say to atheists and, and people who challenge Christianity, many times they'll say, Oh, well, look, look at all the different religion I mean, all the different denominations, and oh, how can I believe this? Well, what what I emphasize, it's what's amazing, what's a miracle is what we all agree on. <laughs> we all agree on the essentials. You know, we but agree you know, there on the is, apostles there, is creed, such a,
2: there is such a book. The book exists. <clears throat> Walter Casper, who was the cardinal who was in charge of the ecumenical department in the Vatican for many years, excuse me, and whom my wife Maggie and I got to know quite well in our various trips to Rome, he produced a book called Harvesting the Fruits. You might want to find that, Justin, and put a link to it, Harvesting the Fruits, because he had worked on dialogue with Methodists, with Anglicans, with Eastern Orthodox, etc., and he pulled together the results of all these different dialogues across the board, and he said, here is what we all seem to believe, and it's, it's maybe a bit dry because it's a kind of an academic exercise of here's all this with all the footnotes. And it probably would take a C.S. Lewis or a G.K. Chesterton to say, okay, let's pick up um, these fruits and let's turn them into something a bit more appetizing than simply a, a, a rather academic list. But that has, that has been done. The problem then, you know, when you talked about the non-essentials, Justin, that's, that's of course exactly the point that this is a philosophical thing that within so much traditional Roman Catholic thought, particularly rooted in Aquinas, and in so much Eastern Orthodox thought, there is no such thing as essential and non-essential. It's all one seamless whole. It's like a sheet of glass, and if it's broken, it's broken. Um, And it's a peculiarly uh, 16th century thing, which the early Anglicans in the 1520s, even in the 1530s were keen on because of the Eucharistic controversies to say, look, we agree on all the basics. Can we agree to disagree on what we mean when we say the body of Christ, when we give somebody the, 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 the wafer or the bread in the communion? And the, the Roman Catholics in the 16th century were not prepared to, to say we agree to disagree. But the Elizabethan settlement was all about... Um, in Elizabeth's famous phrase, not making windows into men's souls. And that was not a free for all on every aspect of doctrine and ethics, as people have sometimes imagined. It was saying on this very specific thing, this is a deep mystery. And if you choose to interpret it that way, and I choose to interpret it this way, we are not going to fight over that, um, because we all believe that Jesus died for us and rose again. And that's the really important thing. Um, so so the 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 question of the difference between essentials and inessentials is itself one of the problematic differences that we have to work at. And Rowan Williams gave a lecture in Rome some years ago in which he said basically that. He said, look, we agree about so much. Can you not now move to the point where you can say some of the things you strongly believe are things you're prepared to say that uh, other people needn't believe, and you could still be in fellowship with them. It's, it's th- those are those are the kind of issues.
1: And a, an analogy that I use—I'll uh, just say briefly—I like to use is is the uh, Paul and Barnabas rift in Acts fifteen, because you know Paul and Barnabas—it wasn't over doctrine, but it was over—you know—it was over uh, taking uh, taking Mark, you know, on this missionary journey, but they couldn't agree. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and so, what what do you do when two apostles, you know, don't agree on something? Well ultimately good came out of it you get two missionary journeys you know both are proclaiming the pro- proclaiming Christ and proclaiming the gospel in the different places they went uh, we follow paul we don't know exactly where barnabas and mark went maybe they went to alexandria but th- they both went to proclaim the gospel to proclaim what we would say the essentials and but the, it was a necessary rift
2: right i mean cuz they couldn't agree it may, it it may have been a necessary like rift Go, but, go but the, the way the way they did it, I think, was was scandalous. I mean, Luke describes it as a paroxysmos. You know, that was it was a furious row, um, which must have shaken the church at Antioch to its foundations.
1: So that's why I, I parallel, you know, whoever's Barnabas, whoever's Paul, but, you know, Catholics and Protestants, you could you could kind of say that we're on our journey doing, you know, pr- preaching the gospel we have this rift where we can't agree, but we could also look back at each other like Paul and Barnabas could and say, hey, you're still my brother, we, we're preaching Christ, we can't agree on everything, but but Paul of course came back and said that, that ultimately Barnabas
2: uh, was, was in, right. In the, present, <laughs> in the present dangerous secular or even post-secular world when so much is going on, I as an Anglican have far more in common with my Roman Catholic neighbors than with all sorts of other people out there. Um, uh, particularly the the mass of secular humanity, you know, we are we are absolutely at one on the things that really matter.
0: Well, why don't why don't we go to question two? And this comes from someone else, uh, Liam in England, who was also a convert, funnily enough, um, from from Anglicanism to uh, Roman Catholicism. But having second thoughts, um, so he says, I I started listening in part because I've experienced a crisis of Catholicism. Converted from the Church of England about 10 years ago, but I've spiritually matured. I've begun to question some of the structure and rigidity that I found so appealing in my 20s. I've reconnected with old Anglican friends. I've even wondered if I might be discerning a call to ministry. Anyway, the question really for Liam relates to his daughter. He says she's six and I've worked hard to raise her as a Catholic. She attends Catholic school. She's developed a beautiful little faith of her own. She's a particular devotion to Mary. She loves her rosary and sings songs she's learned about the seven sacraments. I believe Professor Wright is generally opposed to people leaving their churches and their denominations, and I'm keen to hear his view on my situation. Is there merit in staying put to avoid disrupting my little girl's spiritual development, or is it my responsibility to lead us both into a different tradition if I do have concerns about some of the technicalities of our Christian faith? So, any,
2: any thoughts on, on this particular wow. story, Tom? <laughs> it it's a very difficult one and it's a pastoral question first and foremost and as we've often said on these programs um i cannot be a pastor at long distance or by by zoom or whatever um this is something that the person concerned has to go to somebody that they trust and love and who trusts and loves them and to pray about it, and maybe weep about it, and agonize about it. And I think one of the things to say is there may be no perfect solution here. And the idea that there is a perfect solution, and if only you could find it, then all would be well, may itself be a snare and a delusion which leads some people to go from church to church to church, um, just like in other bits of life, lead people to go from one marriage partner or near equivalent to another to another, thinking, Oh, I, I messed up, I'm now going to find the perfect person. And of course, again, that that it doesn't work like that. Um I I would normally encourage people to explore from within their own tradition if they can. However, over the years, I have watched many people move out of this and that and the other tradition. I remember one couple who, when I first knew them, they were in the Salvation Army. They were Salvation Army officers. They then became Anglicans. And then um, maybe 10 or 12 years later, they became Greek Orthodox, which is what they now are, that's quite a journey from the Salvation Army to Greek Orthodoxy. And and I, I want to say good luck to you. Um, you know, God bless you. Uh, in the strange economy of God, all sorts of things like that may well happen. I have watched people come from Roman Catholicism into Anglicanism and vice versa, including some people quite close to me. And um I I don't have a grand scheme which says, if only all of you would do A or B or C, then the whole world would be wonderful. I think it's a matter for individual prayer, individual wrestling with conscience, and certainly when children are involved, because it can be incredibly confusing for children. Equally, I would worry about some of the things which might be taught to children in um, a, a, a Roman Catholic Sunday school, but which might then cause them difficulties later on when they start to ask other sorts of questions. So I wouldn't want to build in too much too early. Um so you hear what I'm saying. Um maybe a typical Anglican response that, that there are there are there are many pathways which, God willing, converge. Um I don't know that they do, but knowing many people in many traditions, they seem to. Equally, I know many people in my own tradition who seem to find Anglicanism a place which is so undemanding that you wonder whether they're actually being genuine disciples or not. They can just slide in and out of of, of their particular type of Anglicanism. So I'm not saying that Anglicanism is the perfect thing in the middle. Far from it. We, we are all messed up. Um but let's be wise and prayerful about how we relate to one another and how we contemplate the possibility of switching from A to B, because that's always fraught with all sorts of questions. I mean you're a father to young children, Justin. Any any suggestions
0: for
1: this, father? Yeah, I I mean I, I sympathize with what Tom said, you know, what what they're gonna teach the kids, you know, at the at in, in, in a cat in Catholic churches, you know, to me are important, you know, even though in a sense, on the big, on the big scale of things, I think some things are not essential, but I would always encourage people if they can, and if, and if the opportunity uh, works out for them to move into more something within the Protestant tradition, whether Anglican or Reformed or, you know, some, some, some sort of, uh, you know, more in the Protestant tradition where they're not going to be using the rosary or things like that, not only, you know, pr- praying to the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, for example, but, um, you know, I, I I would encourage people wherever they're going to love Jesus the most, you know, wherever they're going to be conformed the most to Christ, you know, that that's where. So, so I actually have some 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 strong Catholic friends and I see them on fire for Christ and and, you know, trying to change things within their parishes, which are led by very <laughs> kind of liberal priests and things like that. And so in, in my sense, like if I had to choose, even if I could change their hearts and make them come over to a Baptist church, mm-hmm. I don't think I would. I think I think they're better where they are. I think I think they're thriving the most in christ where they are but but when it comes to kids i mean yeah my i mean my advice pastoral advice would always be to to be somewhere where the most truth uh, of the scriptures is being taught and and that generally is going to be in a more protestant tradition. Uh, but to some extent
0: let's not underestimate how much the parents themselves have a huge influence and and regardless of what particular education their children might be receiving the way that that then sort of gets interpreted and, and fed back to them uh, by a parent who perhaps acknowledges that there are, you know, there are question marks and that sort of thing might, might be very helpful in, in bringing that child to a, a more mature rounded faith in the end, I suppose, Tom. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And the conversations over meal tables. I mean, uh, I think back to conversations over Sunday lunch after we'd all been to church and heard a sermon and, um but dad, what would he mean by such and such? And how can he say, that? that's great. The more questions, the better. And the more the parents show that it's okay to question and we can grow through that and learn and and that it's okay not to have all the answers all the time. And I think part of our difficulty today is particularly faced with, uh, again, the, the the massive secular agendas which come at us through the media and in all sorts of ways. Some people retreat into uh, a, a brittle framework where everything must be tied down. And if it's not tied down, then we're all in trouble and we're all going to, to, to burn in hell or whatever. Um, and to be able to say rather as with essential and non-essential things, uh, no, there are big questions. We don't all have all the answers. Nobody probably has all the answers. If God is God, for goodness sake, we wouldn't expect, shouldn't expect to be able to understand God totally and utterly. And if you say God is revealed, fully in Jesus, which the New Testament does say. Yeah, okay, now look at Jesus. Do you understand Jesus from top to bottom? Probably not, actually. So let's be humble, and rather than have this arrogance which leads to this brittleness of saying, this way is absolutely right in everything that it does, so just come inside here and then you'll be safe. Um, there, there is no safe safe space. Uh, as people used to say, faith is a four-letter word spelled R-I-S-K. Sorry, that's an old cliche, but um, uh, it's <laughs> It's, it's still true. Ah, it's a good one. It's a good one, and probably a good one to end with.
0: Actually, we, we'll we'll leave it there for now. Um, it's been it's been great to be able to have both of you on the show for the last few weeks, and um, uh, I hope that these answers have been helpful to those who are you know reconsidering their Catholic faith or asking questions about it. Um, obviously, um, we, we know that many Catholics. Eastern Orthodox and others listen to the show. We love you all, um, and and we hope that we'll continue the the good, friendly, and important dialogue that goes on between Christians of different traditions. But for now, um, Tom and Justin,
2: thank you so much for being my guests. Thank you for inviting thank me. Thank you very much. Very good to be with you both, and Justin, very good to make your acquaintance. <laughs> I hope and it won't bless, be the last. Been a time blessing we and need. an honor, sir.
0: thank you for being with us today on the show more from tom as usual next week and if you want to ask questions in a live show well that's getting very close it's your last chance really to register for our upcoming tim keller live show on tuesday the 13th of december you can join from anywhere in the world it's free to attend do check it out at unbelievable.live and join us for what will be a great evening for now thanks for being with us god bless and see you next time